0: Hello and welcome to the show. This is from debt to wealth to impact. This is the show about freedom. Freedom from debt. Freedom from living paycheck to paycheck. Freedom from a boss. Freedom to have a real retirement where you don't have to work a job after you've already spent 40 or 50 years working a job. I started this podcast just to help people move from financial struggle to financial stability and from financial stability to financial significance, being able to make an impact in the world. This is Investing Week. I hope you enjoyed the last episode about the mistakes you can make when it comes to investing in dividend stocks. Today's episode is going to be um, just more broad based the top 10 Mistakes you make just in any kind of investment that you might be doing. So let's go ahead and get into the content today. Investment mistakes result in a loss of net worth. Duh, obviously. Anyone can be a good investor if the most common mistakes are avoided. It is possible to learn these mistakes the hard way through direct experience. Um, oh my word, I can tell you something that I did one time. Years ago, I was trying to do some investing in options, and I found a company. One of the strategy at the time was to find companies that were getting ready to introduce some kind of a new medical procedure, device, whatever. The idea was that while they were waiting on FDA approval, you could get the options cheap. When the FDA approval came through, the option would spike, and voila, you get rich. Sounds kind of good on in theory. Well, I did this. I bought several hundred dollars of an option in a medical company and the FDA came out and they did not approve the medical device that this company was counting on. The stock crashed and that's bad enough, but then the stock was delisted. Wow. You want to talk about an investing mistake and losing all of your money. Man, when a stock gets... Delisted, you just don't come back from that. So, yeah, you can learn these um, investing mistakes the hard way. However, it's easier on the nerves and the pocketbook to learn from the mistakes of other investors, like what I just said. Hey, don't, you know, don't invest in companies counting on the FDA to make decisions that go your way. So, that's a mistake right there. Let's call this the top 11 investing mistakes. <laughs> your investment results are more likely to be suffering from the mistakes you're making rather than the lack of knowledge. So let's avoid these mistakes to maximize your investing returns. Number one, churning investments. There's a difference between investing and speculating. If you're monitoring the financial media 24-7, looking for information to guide your day trading activities, you're speculating. Not only does this type of investing rarely work over time, it's very expensive. If you're constantly buying and selling with small orders, the transaction fees will cut into your profits. The taxes are also detrimental. Every time you take a profit, you are potentially increasing your tax burden. That leaves less money for future investments. Taking a 100% profit in 10 years is more lucrative than taking 10... 10% profits and having less money to reinvest each time. Like I said, you get the, not only the brokerage fees, but short-term capital gains are taxed at a higher rate than long-term capital gains. So something that you've got to be thinking about jumping in and out of stocks all the time or any kind of investment for that matter. Uh, Second mistake is to react inappropriately when the market drops. Not many investors deal with market drops in a calm, cool, and collected manner. Uh, you might recall the great stock market crash in 2008 and 2009. In less than 12 months, the Dow lost half its value. Same thing with the pandemic last year stocks just crashed, and I happened to be on vacation when it was going on. We were actually trying to drive back home from Oklahoma. We were visiting parents in Oklahoma trying to drive back home to California in at the very beginning of the pandemic when everything was starting to get locked down. And we would be in hotel rooms every morning just watching the stocks crash like crazy. Well, what did most investors do? They were selling. That's why the market was crashing. They sold at the worst possible time when the market was at the bottom. What if they had seized the opportunity to buy? Look at the uh, 2008 crash. The Dow Jones Industrial hit a low in 2009 at $6,600 or so. In January 2015, the Dow got up to $17,500. The market increased 165% between 2009 and 2015. Again, look at last year. You could have bought Disney for man, I want to say it got down at least into the low 90s, if not the upper 80s. And I remember thinking at the time, yeah, all the Disney parks are closed, but they have their streaming, right? They were just launching Disney Plus at the time. And so Disney stock crashed down to in the 90s, say $90, $88, $89 at one time, you could buy shares of Disney because the parks all closed, but they just launched Disney Plus. And I'm sitting there in the t- hotel room going, they're going to be adding revenue off of this Disney Plus streaming service. And then eventually the parks are going to reopen. Buying Disney at, at 89, 88, 90, 91 was a crazy good deal. Now, I think the last time I looked, it's like $167. So You know, people react badly when stocks go down. You've got to uh, hold on. Number one, you don't lose money until you sell. And number two, just look at it as buying opportunities. And then number three, not having an appropriate level of diversification. Too little diversification provides more opportunity for great gains and losses. Putting all your money into just a handful of investments is risky. One bad year could wipe out your nest egg. You know, you just never know when a company is going to go out of business. And so, you know, you invest in two or three companies and one of them goes out of business or a pandemic happens and it affects that particular business model. You've just got to, you've got to diversify. There's, there's ways to do that. I'm not a financial advisor, so you can look into that. Too much diversification can also be an issue if it's not done appropriately. So you've kind of got to But I think most people suffer more from too little diversification rather than too much. All right. Number four, buying stocks on margin. It can be enticing to consider borrowing money against your current investments to fund additional stock purchases. But buying stocks you cannot afford in the first place is a recipe for disaster. Inevitably, you'll be required to make a margin call after your investments have lost too much value. You won't have the necessary collateral to support your loan. A margin call results in selling stocks and bonds at the worst possible time. You're forced to take a loss. Avoid putting yourself in a position that requires you to sell assets when you should be buying. Again, if you need more money to invest, I've talked about this in past episodes, and I'm going to keep talking about it every episode from now on because it's my mantra. Start a side business. Get out of debt and then use the money from your side business to invest. That, If you want more money to invest, don't do it on margin. Start a side business and spend that money off into assets. All right, number five. You give your financial managers too much credit. You might think that professional money managers would be excellent at their job. It's only logical. They're supposed to be well-educated and well-paid. But study after study has shown that very few money managers beat the market over a long period of time. Why pay 2%, 3% or more for results that lag the major market indices? I mean, talk about diversification. Invest in the S&P 500 stock market index. No fees and you're diversified and most managers do not beat the S&P 500 over the long haul. All right, number six. You can mistake a strong market for being financially smart. (laughs) When the market is growing strongly, everyone looks like a financial genius. Enjoy your good fortune, but remain humble. There's gonna be years where the market... Grows 30%, but then there's going to be markets that crash. And this kind of goes back to the money market managers. You might be looking at a financial fund manager that's grown 20, 25, 30%, but he was successful in the good years. You've got to look at that fund when it was bad years and did they lose more than the market lost? I've actually seen that before. You can see a, a managed fund. And they might beat the S&P 500. Say the S&P 500 comes in at 10 and they do 15 or 20. And you're like, oh man, this guy's great. He's brilliant. And then you have a year where the S&P 500 loses 5% and that same fund loses 10 to 15%. Everybody's a genius when the markets are going up. Warren Buffett has often said that everyone should be getting worried when times are euphoric. Stock prices tend to become artificially inflated during times of high expectation. Sooner or later, the other shoe is going to drop. When you're consistently beating the market, you can begin to wonder if you really are a stock picking genius. And number seven is kind of what I just mentioned too. Relying too much on short-term performance. In the short term, you might look at a fund and they you know, are doing really, really well, but has it been a strong market? Look at how they've done over a long period of time. The 3-year return rate might be awesome, and the 10-year return rate might not beat the S&P 500 over that same period of time. Mistake number 8 is failing to invest in stocks at all. Unless your time horizon is very short, stocks have been shown to outperform bonds and other type of investments. Investing in an index fund is a simple and effective way to expose your, your portfolio to stocks. And again, this is something that I mis- did, did wrong for a long time. Except for my retirement fund at work, I wasn't investing in stocks. If I had taken my side hustle profits and invested them in stocks, I would be so much farther ahead of the game right now than I, than I am. Number nine, it's a mistake to invest without a plan. There's an old joke that most investors spend more time planning a vacation than picking a stock or planning their investments. Unfortunately, it's true in most cases. Those with a written financial and investing plan outperform those without. Be aware of your goals and time frame. Forcing yourself to consider this issue will help ensure your success. Have an earlier episode about making a five-year plan. Maybe go back and listen to that episode and make a plan for when it comes to investing. I have a five-year plan that involves me retiring, semi-retiring, t- retiring early in about five years. So invest with a plan. Number 10, take advice, taking advice from questionable sources. Everyone has an opinion and is happy to share it. Do you know how successful your source has been with his investments over the last 20 years? In most cases, your neighbor, your barber, your brother-in-law that guy on YouTube, they're not going to be your best choices for getting investment advice, I- including me. Like I said, I-, I keep saying over and over, I'm not a financial advisor. I can tell you what I'm doing, but I may not be the best person to get actual investment advice from, like when it comes to say, hey, buy stock X. Now, I think I can pretty safely say buy the S&P 500. That's pretty much standard across the financial industry. But, you know, again, don't take that hot tip from your brother-in-law or especially your broke brother-in-law or that Internet guru who's trying to sell you a course. If you're like most investors, you're probably committing at least a few of these mistakes. Realizing the mistakes is the first step to correcting them. Take note of your top investing mistakes and make a commitment to avoid repeating these errors in the future. Avoid mistakes and watch your wealth grow. Now, I mentioned earlier my number one strategy to get out of debt and to have more money to invest or to replace a a part-time job you may have if you're already retired is to start a side hustle. I'm a business coach that specializes in side hustles, specializes in business growth. I'm a, a certified business coach. So if you'd like to talk more about how to generate business ideas, Take an idea to fully um, functional business in less than six weeks. Um, Anything about business at all, starting a side hustle, starting a side business. Get on my calendar and let's have a chat. My calendar is davidsmithspeaks.com slash calendar. davidsmithspeaks.com slash calendar. And schedule a 15-minute call. It'll probably last longer than 15 minutes because I'm just generous with my time that way. But get on my calendar and let's talk about some ways that you can get out of debt you know, quit living paycheck to paycheck, investing for the future, different ways that I can help you as a coach. My calendar again is DavisMithspeaks.com slash calendar. Friday's episode is going to be Income Boost Friday again. And so hope you enjoyed this episode and tune in again for Income Boost Friday in a couple of days. Namaste.